I think a lot of people can relate to that theme of just being stuck in the monotonous way of the world. Why would you want to keep doing that? I feel like our travelers can probably relate to that a lot, you know, like wanting to switch things up and, you know, doing something that you love and, you know, adding a new element to it by going somewhere else and starting over and trying new things. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we review your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries available on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Medstaff with your hosts, Jamie Zarlingo and Allison Mergens. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. I'm really excited to talk about what we're reviewing today. Me too. It's a really, really cute movie. And I don't say cute as in like adorable, just like a really sweet, fun story. It's on Amazon Prime and it actually came out in 2014. So this isn't new, but it is available for streaming on Amazon Prime. It's called Chef. And it's a story of a man named uh, Carl Casper. Carl Casper, who uh, works in this very nice, fancy restaurant in LA, and he decides to quit his job and um, work in a food truck. Yeah, and this film was actually recommended to me by my uncle Joey, who thanks Joey, thanks Joey. We, him and I, love um, food shows Mm -hmm. i don't have cable so i don't watch a whole bunch of food network but i love great british baking show man versus food um i love watching triple d and good eats was like my og favorite cooking show of all time and um so he suggested this movie to me a couple of months ago and then when i saw the netflix spinoff called the chef show Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I need to watch this film Chef and then we can dive in, then I can dive into the Chef show. And thank goodness we did. Mm -hmm. This movie is just, like I said, it's very cute. It's sweet. It's a really feel good story. Um, And it's actually kind of somewhat based off of um, Jon Favreau, not only the lead in the, in the movie, but he also wrote and directed this film. Uh, He said it's partially autobiographical yeah it's like an allegory to his life because if you don't know who he is I mean he had uh the first time I ever remember seeing him was when he played Monica's boyfriend on Friends the ultimate fighting machine (laughs) and then he has been part of the uh, Marvel universe right Marvel yeah he was in the Iron Man movies he also produced the Iron Man movies yeah so he is this huge big time film guy and he's kind of going back to his roots with this film and making something that is really a passion project in a way which definitely parallels uh, Carl's journey in this film 
Yes. So we'll get right into it. Uh, so this movie starts out. I One thing I want to say right off the bat, the directing of this film is amazing. I love all the close-ups of the food being made. Um, oh. It's just, do not watch this when you're hungry because it will make you so much more hungry. when I watched it and I was like, dang. I want some carne asada. Right. I want oh. some. I want even that gross chocolate lava cake. I was like, I'd eat it. <laughs> um, oh man, the food in this film, the way that it's shot, mm-hmm. is so good. And they actually served it to the cast yes. and the crew. Yes. Um, when they prepared all of this food, for John the... said that they like fought over it, like <laughs> because it was so good. Oh, it looks amazing. Um, but yeah, so it starts off with him in um, his kitchen. He works at this restaurant called I'm gonna butcher it. Um, it's Gal- like a French restaurant, Galois, right? Galois, 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 G A U L O I S E. I'm sure they've said it in the film. I just probably went over my head. Anyway, this very, very nice, like French style, I'd say, restaurant yeah. in LA. Um, he's the head chef. Um, he's actually from Miami, but is in LA. Um, and it's owned by this guy named Riva. Dustin Hoffman, which is kind of cool. Yeah, by the way, this movie is like star-studded to the max. It is stacked. The casting is A1. And like everyone fits. It's not just like, you know those movies where they just like throw big names in it just to put them in there? Like everyone fits. Mm -hmm. Like they they all look like they belong in the cast. It's pretty cool. Um, So anyway, Dustin Hoffman, (laughs) Reva, owns this restaurant. And for some reason, when I started watching this movie, I thought he was his father because they had this kind of like weird, like not a weird relationship, but like just a strange dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of thought like, oh, it's his dad. Like he owns it and he's like trying to like impress him. They're not related at all. Reeve is just an asshole. So, um, <laughs> so Carl is a very, very talented chef. Um, very proud of his work, but he's starting to get a little, I guess, stuck. Because, yeah, he's in a rut making yeah. all these, what Riva calls our guest favorites, crowd pleasers, and he wants to expand outside of the box. He started in Miami, and that's where he got his first big break, and that's how he rose to fr- rose to fame and became, um, you know, so popular and and famous in a way. And the premise of it is they're going to have this big food critic who is a blogger named Ramsey Michelle. Yes. Which they kind of stole that name in a way, I think, from Gordon Ramsay and then another um, famous chef. And Carl is like, I'm going to, you know, toss that whole menu. We're going to do something different. We're going to do something great and crazy and awesome. And Reva is like, no, we're doing caviar egg we are doing french onion soup we are gonna do this 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 mm-hmm. and they think you know they they bust their asses on preparing this food and the review comes out and it's bad it's so bad and he like goes for like his like ego like just like in it like even like it personally attacks him and it's awful yeah it's I, so I, mean. I kind of love that I, or I hate that I love the line that he says, Casper's gained so much weight because he must be eating all the food that gets sent back to the kitchen. Yeah, that was, I was like, yikes. That was a tough one. Um, but he's obviously really upset. He gives him two stars. 
Um, but you, he says something like eager to please or something. So he can kind of tell that he's just basically saying what Carl feels he's doing, which is just making food just to, you know, that he thinks people are going to like, not really being creative or using his heart to cook, like just kind of going through the motions. And so he's really, really upset by this. And he has uh, a 10-year-old son named Percy. He and his ex-wife, um, Inez, is it Inez or Inez? Inez. Inez, um, who is played by, uh, oh my God, what is her name? Sophia Vergara. Sophia Vergara. And uh, they are no longer together. I think they're just separated or like recently divorced. And um, you can tell that he doesn't have the best relationship with Percy. He's too busy at work. He doesn't really have time for his son. And his son is obviously very upset by it. He's constantly let down because his dad's either like late picking him up or he wants to help in the kitchen and he won't let him. And so um, he, they're just kind of like hanging out in his like kind of dumpy apartment and he's talking about Twitter. And I guess um, this bad review has kind of gone viral and there's a, a lot of negative backlash against Carl. And so Carl decides, it's really funny how he talks about social media, like he has no idea how it works. And he's just like, make me a Twitter. And he goes to just, he thinks he's sending him like a DM, like a direct message to this Ramsey guy, but it's actually like a public reply that says you wouldn't know good food if it sat on your face and it <laughs> blows up overnight yeah and uh he gets what like twenty thousand followers or something on twitter overnight yeah tons of followers overnight and the kids like dad what did you do said, oh nothing i just sent him a message i thought you said it was like texting yeah <laughs> it's cute it is so precious and he you know, Carl is very angered by this, and he basically challenges Ramsey to a rematch when he goes back to the restaurant and says, I'm going to cook this great meal. The staff loves it here. Uh, Riva gets all pissed, and he walks out. They serve the exact same god-awful meal. Yeah. And Ramsey is roasting Carl on Twitter and... While Ramsey's eating the food, Carl's preparing this great meal, which I thought that he would like roll up and like bring the food in yeah. and be like, this is what I made. But he didn't. Um, but I guess he already had all the ingredients, so he just decided to cook it. And he gets into this huge screaming match where basically it's just Carl yeah, yelling just... and screaming at this critic, which in the age of social media, goes viral, it mm -hmm. gets posted, and the, it kind of just tanks Carl's career. Yeah. Inez must be some sort of really wealthy socialite businesswoman of some sort. And yeah, they don't really go into what she does. No, but she has a publicist who's played by Amy Sedaris, <laughs> who is incredible, <laughs> and She's like, you should do Matt, um, Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, you're great. That would be, you know, a good way to go about it. And she basically tells him, you can either go underground till it blows over, or you can do, you know, this Hell's Kitchen. Like reality show type stuff. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do either of those. No, he wants to do something real. He really cares about cooking. And so he's kind of at this low point. And he 
is feeling really down on himself and Inez says, why don't you come to Miami with Percy and I? We're going to see my father um, because her father's getting old, but he plays in a restaurant in Little Havana. Mm -hmm. And um, so they go down to Miami and Inez kind of jokingly says, you can be the nanny Mm -hmm. um, because... I need somebody to watch, you know, look after Percy while, while I'm doing my business. And it's a great um, moment because they get to spend some time together, father mm-hmm. and son. And we also meet Inez's other ex-husband who is called or named Marvin. He's played by none other than Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Little cameo appearance. appearance. He is great. He is so bizarre. (laughs) He is such a bizarre man. But essentially, you know, um, Scarlett Johansson is the hostess in the restaurant. And Inez, they have both mentioned the idea of a food truck to him, to Carl. And he is very against it. But when Carl is visiting with Marvin, he basically tells him, Hey, I have a rundown 88 Chevy food truck for you. It's yours. And it's disgusting and gross. (laughs) And him and Percy get to work on cleaning it out. And it's a really, it's kind of the the moment when they're cleaning it out. You know, they're pulling all of the hotel pans and everything, all the all the old appliances and cleaning it out. It is this big point of contention between Percy and Carl Mm -hmm. because Percy is so eager to spend time with Carl and he says if you want to work in a kitchen you're going to do the dirty work you're going to do you know cleaning out this disgusting food from the low boy Mm -hmm. you're going to be you know spraying down the outside of the truck you're going to be doing this you know being a chef is not just about preparing food it's about taking care of the kitchen so they have this you know kind of explosion and then they kind of come back together and you know Carl has this great moment with him and he's like if you're going to do this you got to be you have to you know listen to what I say you've got to do these other tasks let's do it we're a team Mm -hmm. and he also has a moment with his ex-wife where um, you can tell that you know things aren't quite finished between them they have a really good relationship like they you know raise Percy really well together aside from Carl not really having as much time with him but like they get along really well but they have a moment where they're kind of you know she had supposedly had sex with Martin her ex-husband after Carl Marvin sorry had gotten divorced and she was like that's not true and then she brings up molly the hostess and she's like oh you know i don't really say anything about you and her and they kind of have like a weird like they never really do anything in the movie but you can tell that like they maybe have like hooked up before or like just have like a little cute little maybe friends benefits type relationship i don't know but so you can tell things aren't quite finished between the two of them but but before they set off, uh, Carl decides to invite, I think he's like his like second in command, Martin, played by um, John, oh my God, how do you say Leguizamo. It? Leguizamo, who is amazing. He's um, so great. He's great in this, and he's just great in general. And he decides to join them. They're taking the food truck from Miami to L.A. over the course of the whole summer. And in the 
in the process, Percy is like building his like social media presence. He makes him like a Facebook page. He makes him a Vine, RIP. I know when he was like, this is a Vine. And then they're making fun of it being a six second video. I was like, don't hate Vine. (laughs) And I love that it made an appearance. Uh, Me too. But it was still around at the time when this movie was made. But yeah, RIP to Vine. But um, he's slowly building up his social media presence for his dad. And they're in, I think it's when they're in, Uh, New Orleans which they talk about earlier in the movie like oh you know like you should actually go to New Orleans you'll you know get some real food like real Cajun food real beignet you can't ever have your first beignet a second time like savor it yeah and so um they stop in New Orleans and they go and get some and are just hanging out they come back and Martin's like where have you been I've been calling you they have a line that's like down the block for people wanting to get these uh, Cuban sandwiches that they make um, because of all the hype from social media. And they're very successful. Um, they also stop in Austin, Texas, and they just have been, you know, just gaining a lot of popularity as they go. And then there's this really sweet moment between um, Carl and Percy, and he's like, I want to be honest with you. You know, once the summer's over, you have to go back to your mom. You have to go back to school. You know, we can't do this anymore. You know, it's going to be the end of the road once we get back home. And Percy's really upset because he just feels he's never going to spend time with his dad again. Um, And then I think it's when they're in Austin, Ramsey shows up. And um, it's almost like a little bit of a standoff at first. And Ramsey says, hey, I wrote this really shitty review about you because... I knew that you could do better than what you were doing. You did, you weren't living up to your full potential here, and I want to basically partner with you, you know, give you a restaurant where you can be the boss and make your own rules. And uh, he's just like, okay, let's mm-hmm. do it. And so, and then Carl says, you know, you, you know, Percy, you can work with me. You know, he gives him that, and he's super excited, and it's really sweet. And he eventually opens this restaurant called um, El Jefe. Which means the boss. Yes. And um, the final scene is it's a private event and it's uh, Carl and Inez's wedding. So they get back together and they're a happy family. I just got chilled saying that <laughs> because when I watched it, it was so magical. It was really cute. And uh, yeah, so he has this restaurant. He's the boss, literally El Jefe. He has his family back. You know, it's this really sweet story of a man, you know, kind of stuck in a rut and focused too much on work, but work he's not really passionate about mm-hmm. to, you know, getting his passion back, getting his family back. And, uh, yeah, so that's the movie. It's, a, a, like I've said a million times, it's a very sweet story. It's a fun watch, a feel-good story. It's directed beautifully. It's got a great soundtrack. Um, it's just an, it's just fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. I was smiling through it. Yeah, I would say it's kind of a it's a comedy for sure, but also kind of a dramatic comedy. There's not a ton of super obvious jokes, but just like funny moments and really really heartfelt yeah. moments too. It's super wholesome. And um, there is, you know, like swearing and yeah. and whatnot. But I think uh, that's the only reason it's rated R is because the F word is said a lot. Yeah, they say that a lot. But even the little kid says it. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, I I really liked it. Um, and then, like we had mentioned in the beginning, there is a spinoff show that um, is on Netflix called The Chef Show, and it's um, John Favreau and uh, celebrity chef uh, Roy Choi, who uh, is actually he's a food truck chef himself. He yes. opened Koji Korean Barbecue food truck. And he was a consultant on the film that John kind of brought mm-hmm. in. And then he just kind of was ultimately promoted to co-producer. Yeah. And uh, they did a lot of work together on the film, became obviously very close friends. And Roy directed John into, you know, culinary training and working at his restaurant and doing all these mm-hmm. different things to get him acquainted with the running of a kitchen. So it's really cool that they get to do this show afterwards, which features a lot of celebs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first episode, it's Gwyneth Paltrow and Bill Burr, and they have tons of other celebrities on there, and they mm-hmm. cook some of their favorite dishes. We'll talk more about the spinoff show and just some kind of the a few of the themes and just some of our favorite moments from Chef the Movie. Uh, but first, let's talk about what we're watching now. Now let's take a quick break for our segment, Side Streaming, where we catch up on some of the other content we're currently watching on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, and more. Okay, Allison, what are you watching now? All right, so something that I, I guess it kind of just fell into my lap or came up on my Netflix queue that was a suggested show is this one called Diagnosis. Oh my god, I want to watch that. Is it good? It's so good, you guys. It is so good. So basically the premise is there is this doctor, her name escapes me at the moment, but she consulted on House, which is one of my top 25 shows of all time, and she is a physician that works at Yale New Haven Hmm. and also writes for the New York Times. So what she does is she happens upon these super complex medical cases that don't have a diagnosis. She gathers all the information from the patient, their medical records, interviews them, writes up a really compelling story about them, and publishes it in the New York Times as kind of a crowd-sourcing diagnosis. It's super interesting. So, um, for example, um, I think one of the – my – episodes that stands out to me is this woman who's probably 23 24 she lives in las vegas and for the longest time she has been suffering from extreme muscle pains and brown coffee colored urine and none of the doctors essentially what the story is all the same these people have these crazy symptoms none of the doctors can figure it out And it ends up usually being something really, really complex that you've never heard of before. So I have some medical knowledge being a biology graduate, but I was like, oh, that's obviously rhabdo. And then they're like, this is no way rhabdo. And I was like, well, I'm an idiot. And it turns out (laughs) to be something else super crazy. Um, But it's really sweet. And it's people from all over the world. I'm talking, there's one episode where they travel to Denmark to meet another family whose child has the exact same affliction as 
as this one kid or they go to Italy for to have somebody's entire genome sequence. It's super interesting. I think it's about eight episodes. Nice. Along that line, I've also been watching Afflicted, which a friend recommended to me, and it's people who have a medical problem, which is just not really recognized by the medical community. Like one woman has electromagnetic sensitivity, I believe is what it is. And so she can't be around like cell phone towers or Wi-Fi or anything Bluetooth or wireless. Hmm. And she says it makes her sick and like fluorescent lights. It's super strange. But like kind of interesting. And then there's another woman who she has everything wrong with her in the book. If it could go wrong, she has it. She's in a an at-home hyperbaric chamber and another woman gets ozone infused into her blood. So it's kind of like these kooky medical treatments that are not, you know, like I said, recognized by the normal medical community. So it's super interesting to see how these people kind of navigate it. Hmm. Um, other than that, I'm always watching Bachelor in Paradise. Sorry about it. Another thing that I have been watching is Dear White People. Oh. Have you heard of it? I have. So it's essentially starts out as, you know, the this, um, like, Ivy League school with these different groups of black students criticizing white people, you know, kind of stealing the culture of of black people, Mm -hmm. you know, having like a party where they are, um, you know, like gangster or ghetto and they like do blackface and all this stuff. So it kind of challenges the thoughts of um, maybe what a lot of white people think is acceptable to kind of appropriate from black culture. It's interesting. It's definitely a comedy, but it also really makes you think um and it's super interesting the chick who is in it um is she is also in that movie we watched with allison um with the arm oh the perfection yeah yes, she's also in the perfection and oh, so God, that movie <laughs> that movie is weird and she's in black mirror um, nice so i'm really really into that and then um that's kind of where I'm at. We, Jamie said before we started recording that she is going to, she's rewatching Breaking Bad. Hell yeah. And I'm going to do it too because Breaking Bad is probably one of the best shows ever written. Top, like, top five. Like of all time. Of all time, I would say. So it's funny. I'm actually, I just finished the first episode again and it is amazing to watch really any show that you've seen all the way through and then going back to the beginning and seeing where everybody was in the beginning, like character wise, even how they looked, how they dressed. But like, especially with Breaking Bad, Walter White is so pathetic in the beginning. It's like kind of sad. If you're unfamiliar with Breaking Bad, shame on you. But (laughs) um, so you know, Walt is this, uh, you know, just a high school chemistry teacher who obviously feels as though he is not living the life that he wants. 
Um, he's kind of a very, you know, soft-spoken man. He has a wife um, who's pregnant, um, a son with cerebral palsy, um, and he also has to work a part-time job at a car wash where sometimes he even has to, like, clean the cars, very degrading. Um, and he finds out in the very first episode that he has inoperable lung cancer. And um, But he's a very, very smart man, um, brilliant and he um his just his brilliance and his his talent are not being put to good use so um in this time where he feels like he's just kind of stuck in this shitty life um he goes on a uh like a drive along right along with um his brother-in-law hank who is um in the dea and he they bust a meth lab and he's like i could do this and so he hooks up with a former student of his, Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul. Love him. Oh. He is amazing. And yeah, the show is just the two of them kind of building this this meth empire. But it's just amazing to see Walter in the first episode and just how sad he is. And then he becomes this just evil, diabolical villain. And it's amazing. The character progression in this show, the writing, the cinematography, everything is just absolutely amazing. I love it. I'm so excited to watch it again. But the reason I wanted to start watching it again was because there is a spinoff Netflix film coming out in October. If you guys are on our Facebook group, if you're not, please join it. Um, I posted the trailer to that. Um, It's one of his friends. I can't remember his name, but they're trying to find Jesse. And um, it's called El Camino, and it's that's all we know. I don't really know anything else about it. I thought it was a rumor. I've heard rumors of a Breaking Bad movie for years. Well, Jesse or Aaron Paul and oh my gosh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston had both tweeted pictures of this donkey, El Burro. And everyone was like, oh my god, we're getting a Breaking Bad sequel. Hell yeah. Turned out it was just them promoting their tequila. Yeah. <laughs> I was pissed. I want to buy that tequila, though. I'm do- I do, too. Maybe I want to we'll, try it. We'll try it. But uh, I was like, damn, I'm so annoyed. And then this trailer comes out, and I was like, what the? What the what? I was freaking out. So I'm super, super excited about this. And I can't wait to see what they do. I know. And y'all know we're going to review it. When it comes out. It Hell, comes out, I think, yeah. October 11th. So sometime in the next couple of months, we will be reviewing that. But I am starting to rewatch Breaking Bad, um, as always, The Office and Parks and Rec. Right now, I'm kind of focused more on The Office. I am just about the episode where Michael leaves. Oh. So it's about to go downhill from there. Um, and that's really all I've had time to watch, being a, a new mom. I don't have a lot of time to watch TV as much anymore unless it's something we're reviewing or something while I'm pumping to be honest um but still listening to my favorite murder actually the episode that I was listening to today on the way to work they were talking about their favorite unsolved murder they talked about the Black Dahlia and um oh my god I cannot remember the girl's name but she was found in a water tower do you know what story I'm talking about it was in LA it's like the Sisla Hotel. Yes. And there's like a whole bunch of controversy on if it was like paranormal stuff that happened to her. Super fascinating if you research that. Anyway, Breaking Bad for sure is what I'm getting into right now. But uh, that is what we're watching now. 
And now, back to our review. All right, everybody, let's get back into our review of Chef. Um, let's talk about the spinoff show. So the show is called The Chef Show. <laughs> And it is um, John Favreau and Roy Choi who have kind of become friends. I don't know if they knew each other before the making of this movie, but I think John brought him along as a consultant because, I mean, he is, he kind of like jump started the gourmet food truck scene. Mm-hmm. And like food trucks in general, like, are everywhere now. Yeah. But like, it's not, now it's not just like, I see them all the all the time, like around my house, like smoothie trucks, obviously taco trucks. Um, but it's what are the good ones that right. are like the good shit, you know? And there's like there is actually a food truck in Omaha called I think it's called Dos de Oros, um, something like that. It's actually in South Omaha, which if you're unfamiliar with Omaha, South Omaha is um, very heavily populated with. Um, Latinos and there's a lot of amazing Mexican restaurants. Hell yes. And they have some great food trucks down there. Um, but the two of them, the show is them just not just cooking, but you know, talking about like technique and it's I watched um only one episode of it. I want to watch the rest of it. Um, John is continually asking him, you know, how do you do this? Like, why, why do you do things this way? And it's just really interesting to see, you know, from the perspective of a chef, like how he does things, why he does things the way that he does. And they make some great food. And like Allison said, the first episode is with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. So they make Pepper Pot, which is a play on her character in Iron Man. That's a vegan goop certified or goof goop approved i guess i should say soup goop (laughs) um and then they make um cuban sandwiches like they did in the movie with bill burr and oh my god they looked incredible like how he like marinated this pork and just all the other ingredients and then at the beginning or no about like maybe like 20 30 minutes into the movie um carl's making a grilled cheese sandwich for percy and it looks amazing mm-hmm. like i love grilled cheese sandwiches and this grilled cheese was like mm, looked so good and they make it and it's fucking amazing and they <laughs> it's amazing to say about a grilled cheese sandwich but it really it really does i look have amazing. a confession i went to new york a couple years ago and i ordered this grilled cheese from this bodega or something in washington heights and it was honestly the best grilled cheese sandwich i have ever had and it's similar to this one (gasps) with all the other cheeses and the crust on the outside and i literally still think about it like once a week and i'm like damn (laughs) that grilled cheese is so good and i don't even remember where i got it from but when i saw this i had like throwback ptsd slash (laughs) slash like a crazy excitement and i'm not eating carbs so then i was very depressed my dad makes a really good grilled cheese too he puts a slice of tomato in it i don't like tomato and well whatever i think it's really good (laughs) yeah if you don't like tomato maybe not but so good and now i want to go make this grilled cheese sandwich Mm -hmm. because it looks that good but they make it and like the first time they make it he has them like redo it and Bill Burr has this like 
he's like, we're like, oh, I would have been happy with the first round. And he's like, we're not here to be happy. Like joking, like, you know, we're, we're here to make it right. Mm-hmm. And the second time, like basically like they said the oven was too, or the, um, like the stove top or whatever was too hot. So it got too cooked on the outside, but the cheese didn't get melted all the way through. And so the second time they make it, it was, you know, perfection. I probably would have been happy with the first round too, but, um, I still would have eaten it and then made another one. Yeah. They, uh, he says something interesting. Roy Choi does about how, you know, chefs are so like, they hate to eat their own food because they, one thing is they're continuously eating it while they're making it. And also I'm sure it's partially because they're super, super critical of what they make and, you know, it's never good enough. My dad is, I wouldn't say he's a chef, but he likes to cook and he's really, really good at it. Um, he's very proud of what he makes and I'm trying to get into that too. Like I, I love when I make something and it's good, mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I'll eat this. Like it's good food and like, I want to make it more and like make it for other people. Like there's, there's just like a pride in that. And so I get the feeling like anxious kind of about eating your own food when you make it for somebody else. Yeah. Like, like I make, um, cake pops a lot. Oh my God. Her cake pops are, cake pops are so good, but I don't like to eat them. Like I am so happy to like give them to other people, but I typically won't eat them when I make them. I just like want to give them to other people. And then one of my close friends just had a baby and I made them chicken enchiladas and they're in the fridge right now at work and I'm going to take them over there. But I'm like not going to eat it because I'm like, I don't know. It's like this weird feeling. Like I test, I tasted all of it while I was making it. And I was like, this is so good. It looks good, but I'm like, I'm not going to eat it. For me, like my biggest thing is making sure it's cooked through. I'm also afraid that if (laughs) like eating it and being like, oh my God, this is so bad. And then feeling like embarrassed if I know it's bad and then like a bunch of other people eat it, I guess. I have a fear that I'm going to cook something and it's going to make people sick. You know something like there's a huge difference in skills between like cooking and baking. I can't bake for shit. I can't make cookies. I can't make cake. I can't make any sweets really. Like probably the only sweets that I can make is those like... They're like those like sugar cookies with a little like Hershey's kiss in it. Oh yeah. The Cyclops cookies. I can make those, but like I, I prefer to cook just, I feel like it's more like, I feel like with baking, it's so measured. Like you have to have like the right amount of everything with cooking. It's so much more like whatever, you know, do what you want, you know, throw in as many spices as you want. Yeah. That's Um, very true. Really the only rules are, you know making sure meat is cooked all the way through if it has Baking, to be. you're like, okay, I have to put this all together and then I have to put it in an oven and I can't touch it for 40 minutes and that's a whole lot of effort that I put in and I can't intervene. If something starts to go awry, I can't mm-hmm. change anything about it. So mm-hmm. I totally get that. Um, but I haven't watched the chef show yet, but I'm really excited. I know that they have a lot of great guests. Yes. Um, I know Tom Holland and... Robert Downey Jr. do an episode with them, which is going to be amazing. Obviously, haven't watched it, but um, let's talk a little bit about some of the themes in yeah in this show. I think the biggest theme that I took away from this is you know it's it's a man who is you know 
unhappy with what he's doing. Like he loves what he does, but he's not doing what he really wants to do with it. You know, you can be really talented at something, but are you really, are you really passionate about it? And so, you know, taking, you working at this, you know, this gourmet restaurant, this, this highly esteemed restaurant, I'm sure, you know, he makes really good money working there and he's a celebrity chef and to turn all of that down to work in a food truck. I mean, he eventually becomes very successful, but to give, well, he didn't really give up his job. I think he kind of got fired or maybe just kind of, but he was definitely disenchanted by it. If he really cared that much about Riva's vision, then he would have stuck around, but it's, he just wasn't, it wasn't a, a passionate thing and he wasn't in love with it anymore. He was kind of just going through the motions and he didn't get the opportunity to be creative and explore different flavors and and dishes and kind of take matters into his own hands and push the envelope when it came to food. Mm-hmm. And why would you want to be a chef if you can't be continuously it, it, like innovating yourself, just like with any business? Yeah. I mean... Like pushing yourself creatively, trying new things, like doing it because you love it and wanting other people to love it too, as opposed to just making the same thing over and over. Yeah. You're not going to be in any business if you're not changing or evolving. You're mm-hmm. dying, which is something yeah. that Rich <laughs> Rich definitely says. So yeah. it's, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that theme of just being stuck in the monotonous way of the world why would you want to keep doing that I feel like our travelers can probably relate to that a lot you know like wanting to switch things up and you know doing something that you love and you know adding a new element to it by going somewhere else and starting over and trying new things yeah it's amazing how much changing your environment can even if you're doing the same job, how much changing your environment and the support people around you and your peers can really put a whole new outlook on what you're doing. And I think with any job or any coworker, somebody, you know, that you grow kind of close to, you're going to learn so much from them, Mm -hmm. even if it is somebody that you really don't like. You're going to learn a lot about yourself from that. Another thing that you mentioned before was the idea of food and relationships. Yeah. And Percy and Carl, you know, in this movie are, you know, Percy is so desperate to be close to his father. He wants to have that relationship. And he says, you know, I want us to, you know, do something together. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they have this like little sequence where they like go to an amusement park and they go see a movie. And he's like, we do things together all the time. And he's like, no, I mean, like, I just want to like, like hang out with you, like talk to each other, get to know each other. And they get to know each other by making food together. And for me, like, especially growing up with a a dad who, who cooks a lot, like food is what brings people together. Mm -hmm. Like any culture, it's not just American culture. It's all over the world. Like food is what brings people together, whether it's for the holidays or it's for to celebrate or, during sad times you know what do you do like at a funeral you all go to a reception and you you know try to celebrate that person um you know sitting around a table with you know good food good drinks good people like that is just something that 
wherever you go is something that people do. Right. And not only is it kind of a bonding experience, but I know for me, um, and I'm sure so many people can relate to this, that like cooking recipes that you made with like your parents yeah. or your grandparents, like I used to make these cinnamon rolls with my grandma, super basic, but my sisters and I made them together after my grandma had passed and it was just like so lovely to be able to do that and um you know even like keeps memories keeps people alive you know right or even you know how special it is to have a a recipe card yeah written in somebody else's handwriting and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff you know eating that meal together you know um you know emotion is one of the strongest senses that kind of brings you back to a memory but also like smell like yeah. that when you smell something mm-hmm. you're like it reminds you of a specific memory and you know learning these techniques you know Carl gives Percy a chef chef's knife and he's like this belongs to the chef not the kitchen you have to learn responsibility you know teaching a, a skill or a trade having your parent or a mentor some other older family member teach you to do something like this is truly like one of the best bonding experiences even you know my dad teaching me how to uh change my brake pads in my car (laughs) that is a bonding experience something that i'll probably never do again myself but uh you learn something and you learn a lot about the other person because there's some downtime Mm -hmm. you're just chatting you're you're doing all those other things and you're right it's world wide that this type of thing happens otherwise how would these you know very specific cultural cuisines right keep going if it wasn't being passed down from you know family members generations my dad actually last year for christmas i made him i designed a cookbook for some of his not necessarily his recipes but like you know, stuff that he's made through the years that he's kind of put his own spin on. Yeah, and I remember that. So I unfortunately haven't made any of them, but I really, really want to. I mean, it has everything in there. It has desserts, breakfast, you know, heartier meals, healthier meals, salads. Um, and, you know, I want to hold on to that for for life. You know, once my dad eventually passes, hopefully not for a very, very long time, dad. <laughs> Um, I want to be able to, you know, hold on to those things. Cause I asked him when I, he knew I was going to make it. I was like, I want you to send me your recipes, you know, stuff that you love to make stuff that I can make. I want to be able to hold on, you know, take these recipes and, you know, carry them on through with, you know, with my kids. And that's why, you know, I've been trying to get better at cooking. If you know me at all, I used to be really terrible in the kitchen and I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to, you know, because again, food is something that my dad shares with, with his kids. He loves to make us food and that's what brings us together. You know, we all are busy and we have our own lives, but he'll be like, Hey, I made this, you know, I made this new thing. Come over and try it. You know, and did you eat enough? Do you need leftovers? Do you want me to send you home with some? And like, yeah. like Jake's grandma makes these amazing cookies and she makes really good spaghetti. And you know, that's, those are things that I'm going to think about once she passes. And my grandmother made this amazing like Dorito casserole that we still make to this day. Like those recipes are more than just recipes and making that food together is more than just making food mm-hmm. you know it's it's more than that and I think that this movie really exemplifies that idea that it's for 
you know, not just chefs who that's their passion is to make food. Food is such a big part of our culture and our lives and our relationships. Definitely. I love the concept of the food trucks. It just makes it super accessible to a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. especially since they can like move and go to different places. I think it can, you know, as a chef and as a consumer, those things are so much easier to get to and a lot of different people have the ability to experience it. And I think Mm -hmm. it's super cool. And in the film, they show the El Jefe food truck at a big kind of food truck festival. And in Venice, in LA, they do First Fridays and it's all of these food trucks that kind of come together. And I think that, you know, it takes a lot of guts to probably be in a food truck and not be in a, in a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. But I love that it gives so much opportunity for people who don't want to be confined by, um, you know, four walls or by somebody who owns them. I think it really helps to kind of break a lot of barriers and let chefs do the things that they want to do as far as like what's creative in the kitchen I think it's a super cool concept and I think mm, some people may disagree and say that it's overdone but I love food trucks I love that they are something that you know you can have at a party or you know a wedding show up at a wedding or I went to a uh, vineyard tour last year and they like four different food trucks show up at this tour and there's so many different things that you could pick from and they were all super unique and that's you know what makes it great a food truck that's successful is not going to just be some basic ass taco truck it's going to be something really really interesting really really inventive absolutely all right guys let's get into our review of chef i'm going to give this one a 4.5 out of 5 I'll say it again. It's cute. It's a great story. It's it's a fun watch. Um, definitely, aside from the language, I think it's something the whole family can enjoy. It's going to make you hungry. And it also, honestly kind of inspired me, like, in the culinary sense. Like, now I'm like, okay, I want to go and start, like, making more food again. Like, I obviously haven't had a lot of time to do a lot of cooking with a new baby. Um, but it makes me want to go try, you know, when I can to to be more experimental in the kitchen. Um, it was actually funny. I had a frozen meal for lunch today and I was watching the chef show and I was like, oh, this makes me like hate what I'm having for lunch today. <laughs> like I wish I had something better. But the only reason I don't give it a five is just because as great of a story as it is, it's a little too happy. If, mm-hmm. I know that's not a bad thing, but it's almost like everything comes and falls into place and everything's wonderful at the end. That's not really life. It's a little predictable. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. That's that's a good way of putting it. But ultimately, you know, it's a great it's a great story. It's well-directed. It's well-written. It's fun. I think one of my favorite things about it is all the different, like, with, like, the social media, like, when he's tweeting a little, like, box pops up as he's tweeting it I think that's really cool how they did that they added that element into it um I just I I really loved this I'm glad that we watched it and I'm really excited to watch the chef show so 4.5 out of 5 I am also going to be giving this a 4.5 out of 5 like I mentioned the food looks super dope the cast is perfect Mm -hmm. 
uh, some of the other cast members that we didn't mention. I know I said Amy Sedaris and Robert Downey Jr. They have small parts. Scarlett Johansson. We have uh, Bobby Cannavale. And we also have Oliver Platt, who plays the food critic. Um, It's a great cast. Uh, On the surface, you may think, okay, how the heck are these people going to fit together? But they fall into their roles Mm -hmm. so perfectly. The story is obviously sweet. And one of the things that I really love about it is, you know, obviously they fly from L.A., which is a enmeshment of tons of different cultures and food styles but they go to miami which obviously has a huge cuban population they go to little havana and they really go into that cuban food and that culture you know they go to a bar they play a lot of great cuban Mm -hmm. music some of the songs i've actually heard before because my dad loves gloria estefan so i've heard a lot of these songs before and they go to NOLA and they eat beignets. They talk about andouille sausage. They go to Texas and you see them smoking the brisket, stoking the fire. I just love how they incorporate those different food styles that are so regional into their food, which is a great, you know, they when they're in New Orleans, they serve po'boys. And when they're in Texas, they're serving brisket sandwiches. I love that. And I love them showcasing these different cuisines it's super cool and it makes you feel really good like mm-hmm. Jamie, Jamie texted me she's like oh my god this movie is so wholesome <laughs> and I'm like it is it's so it is. sweet it's you know the kind of the power of food in a way and a power of passion and how happy you can be actually following your passion regardless of having you know this you know, huge notoriety, even if your career tanks, you go to something that you're passionate about, you're going to be happy and you're yep. going to be successful, which um, it's just, it, it makes you feel so good mm-hmm. and it makes you hungry. Yeah, I'm you hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is our review of Chef. Again, it is available on Amazon Prime for streaming and The Chef Show is available on Netflix. They Definitely. have a second season coming out too. <gasps> Yes. September 13th. Hell yes. There's going to be a second season of The Chef Show. And I think they're going to have some more really great guests. And it's kind of like a a cooking show slash interview and like an interactive cooking interview. So um, it's really, really great. I think this is a cool franchise in a way that um a lot of people can relate to and even if you're not a huge john favreau fan because of all the action movies you'll really like this one yeah give both of them a watch and let us know what you think Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if you think we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming. <laughs>